Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. So here's the word. I believe that what we are fixing to experience right now is a Kairos moment. Kairos is an, and I I did a manuscript because uh, my wife says I get on bunny trails and one of the deacons in my church, every once in a while, he'll pull his shotgun up and go, boom, (laughs) kill the rabbit. I said, I got that. So I did a manuscript today, and if you're okay with that, because this way I'm not going to miss anything the Lord said to me to tell you, to drop this in your spirit. Kairos is an ancient Greek word meaning the right or opportune moment. Right or opportune moment, or God's time. The Greeks had two words for time, chronos and kairos. While chronos refers to chronological or sequential time, it's apparently 1138. That don't mean nothing to me. Kairos signifies a time in between or a moment of undetermined period of time in which something significant or or special happens. One definition explains it this way. A passing instant when an opening appears, GG, which must be driven through with force if success is to be achieved. Let me read that again. A passing instant when an opening appears which must be driven through with force if success is to be achieved. Kairos moment is not just a sovereign moment outside of our control or achievement, but on the contrary, it's a moment in time and history that must be seized and taken advantage of and pressed through with immediate action. Some of y'all need something from God today. There are people in this house that need physical healing. I came early and was in the prayer room this morning with the prayer team. And we prayed for healing for many of you sitting in this room, I'm assuming, today. In the Old Testament, there were descendants of Jacob that epitomized this. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understandings of the time to know what Israel ought to do. If there ever was a time today in the history of the church, we need men and women who have an understanding of the times which knows what the church needs to be doing. Men of vision, women of vision. Jesus identified a Kairos moment when he wept over Jerusalem for they had unfortunately failed to see or discern their time. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, and especially in this, your city, 
the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes because you did not, you did not know or discern the time of your visitation. He came and they missed it. He's here this morning in this house and he's here to do some significant things for you individually, personally, and for this corporate body. Do you hear me today? And, 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 and we have the capability of either seizing that moment and with force press into that thing and receive the thing that God has for us or we can have, on the other hand, sit there and miss the whole time of our visitation. So how are we gonna seize this moment, this Kairos moment? How many times has a Kairos moment been hidden from your eyes? The greater question would be what causes our Kairos moments to be hidden? Paul experienced a Kairos moment, yet scales remained on his eyes until Ananias prayed for him. And as the Lord converted suddenly its greatest opponent and made him their greatest proponent, Ananias knew this and went after it in prayer and obedience. Listen to me. Kairos moments are revealed through prayer and then completed in obedience. It ain't enough to hear a word from God. You gotta obey what the Lord said do. James said it like this. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be ye doers of the word. Our greatest, or one cannot fulfill the Kairos moment of the absence of the other. Often we can get ensnared into thinking that prayer alone can steer a Kairos moment into fulfillment or that action and activity can do the same. We see both of these dynamics in action in another Kairos moment. Matthew chapter nine, verses six through eight. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, Take your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and, and glorified God who had given such power to men. You see, prayer and the declaration of faith put that paralytic man's kairos, kairos moment into action. His faith and his prayer. I wrote this this morning as I got up early and was sitting there looking at my notes again. I wrote this in the side margins of my paper. See, you can have a revelation, but unless you make a declaration of your revelation, you hear what I said? You can have a, 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 a revelation, but you've got to make a declaration of your revelation. I was with one... <laughs> Nigerian pastor back some time ago and here's what he said to me. He looked at me and he said, Walter, Walter. He said, revelation without transformation leads, leads to deformation. But revelation with illumination leads to transformation. In Acts chapter one and chapter two, they were all in one accord and in prayer, but they also went everywhere preaching the word, Acts eight, four. 
this present Kairos moment that hangs in the balance for the entire world hinges on prayer and your own personal action. You must move forward and put visible, viable action to your inspiration. And the result will be no less than those in biblical times. My God, help me. If my wife were sitting there, I could just, I, Betty sends her regards to those, you know, you know who I'm talking to, my wife. First time, and I don't know when, years that I've traveled without her. It just doesn't happen. But it needed to be this way this weekend. There was a purpose, and I couldn't figure that out. But after I got here, I'm like, oh, so that's what you were doing. Kairos also means, according to Strong's Concordance, a set or proper time. Say that with me. Say a set time. Touch your neighbor and say a set time. Psalms, Psalms 105 verse 19. There was a set time for the word that the Lord had given Joseph to come to pass. But the scripture goes on to say in that verse, until the time, the set time for that word to come to pass, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. You're going to have to put up with some testing until your set time, your Kairos moment comes. And we sang about faithfulness this morning. He's faithful, but I got to be faithful. <laughs> One day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed, Joshua chapter 10, verse 12, 13. He prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of, of, of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place and the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. In a Kairos moment, time has no factor on the divine results. In this individual opportunity, season, or space for Joshua, the entire universe stood with bated breath as the battle was won. When you step into a Kairos moment, everything works in your favor. <laughs> oh, God. The problem is that most do not discern their season or their opportunity. And like Jerusalem, they miss their day of visitation. Entire cities and regions sit in spiritual decay, never realizing that the day of their visitation in Kairos moment is right now. I live in a city of 89,000 people. I've lived, all, I've lived all over this country. I've traveled around the world. Here's what I can tell you. I now live in the most religious place I've ever been in my life. There is a church on every corner. And they all hate each other. The spirit of competition 
anybody ever heard anything about sheep stealing? Proselyting? It's what we do in the church today. We don't do evangelism and we don't win people to the Lord that are lost. We just look after whoever sheep we can find. So let me talk about seizing the moment and moving forward. Look at another Kairos moment in scripture. Matthew chapter 27 is a Kairos moment. In this moment, heaven and earth can collide at a, can collide at a crossroads where the two worlds converge. The lines that divide the temporal and the invisible blur and to differentiate between the two can be impossible. Look at Matthew 27 verses 50 through 53 for a moment to see a panoramic Kairos moment. Then Jesus shouted out again and he gave up the spirit and at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had been dead were raised from the dead after Jesus' resurrection. They left the cemetery, went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Remember, it's a moment or a passing instance when an opening appears which must be driven through with force if success is to be achieved. When the most climatic Kairos moment in history hit the world like a runaway train, the veil was torn in two. The earth quaked and graves were literally opened and the dead rose to life again. As we approach many more Kairos moments in our own personal lives and as a corporate church, we too must drive through with force or rather seize the moment and move forward. When Jesus stated to his disciples, the harvest is great. He was revealing a Kairos moment from then until now. I, I just, I just got to be me. Is that okay? The Lord just spoke to me and said that somebody that sowed some seed this morning in the ministry he said to tell you that you have at this Kairos moment the opportunity, the privilege to name your own harvest size. I don't know who you are, but somebody sowed some seed this morning and you have at this moment, a Kairos moment right now, and you can name your own harvest size. What are you talking about, preacher? He said we could have 30, 60, or a hundredfold harvest. Let me just tell you this. A Kansas farmer told me this years ago, he said at 30-fold you lose money. At 60-fold you break even. He said, Pastor, I'm not claiming no 60-fold harvest. I'm not claiming no 30-fold, but I'm claiming a hundred-fold harvest. I want God to bless me. I want God. My God, help me. He said, bring your tithes and offerings in the storehouse of the Lord. And here's what one translation said. He said, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and embarrass you because you won't have room to receive what I'm about to do. I say, God embarrass me. 
Come on, help yourself, Lord. Bear embarrassment and make it a big one. <laughs> Whoo. You see, here's the thing about the word. While the word is being taught and preached or whatever, here's what you do at that moment. You're sitting there and you can grab that thing, whatever it is, that's prophetic, that's coming to you. It's a now word. God's speaking to your spirit and you're like, oh, I'll take that one. I'll just reach up and get it. Or you could miss the day of your visitation. But here's what I can tell you, guys. I've been doing this a few days now. I've been preaching over 50 years and I was a pastor for 45 years. I know a couple of things about this business. And here's what I can tell you. When you miss that Kairos moment, you never get another shot at it. Now you may get another one, but you'll never get that one. Gone. Done. Here's what Jesus said about the harvest. John chapter 4, verse 35 and 36. Don't say there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white to harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. The Kairos moment for the harvest that Jesus declared is now. It's not later, it's right now. That Kairos moment is still waiting for a generation of present day Christians to fully seize its potential and realize that we are on a time in between from his departure to his return. I just mentioned this to Pastor a while ago. We were standing back there talking. He told his disciples after training them for three and a half years, three and a half years, he said, occupy till I come. I've trained you. I've equipped you. Now this church that I established, I want you to take care of it. Oh Lord. Ultimately this reaping of the prophetic harvest will determine its completion. Matthew 24, 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations and then shall the end come. Can you imagine an entire church generation coming into one accord in a Kairos moment, leaping the walls of predetermined doctrine and preaching the gospel to all nations? <laughs> my prayer is Lord make me your harvester I'll soon be 71 years old yeah I know I keep trying to retire I keep trying to quit 
And every time I turn around, I run smack into another assignment from the Lord. It's crazy. I was, I was in a meeting just Wednesday, Thursday night, just before I left, the day before I left to come here on Friday. I was in a meeting with our worship team. We had a couple of guys quit, and they needed to quit. Yeah, yeah, I did say that. So I was sitting with the remainder of the team, and we were just talking and discussing some things, and the Lord spoke to me, and there's a young man there that just got saved a few weeks ago, now on that worship team playing his guitar, and the Lord said, look at him. So I looked at him. I said, Josh, do you need a spiritual papa? You need somebody in your life? You just said a few moments ago that that this is all new to you and you don't have a clue what we're talking about. And he began to cry. And he said, are you saying that you might help me? I said, no. I'm not saying I might help you. I'm saying I will help you. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Everybody needs a mentor and you yourself need to be a mentoree. Look at the scripture. It's clearly indicated in the scripture. Paul had spiritual sons. Titus, Onesimus, Philemon, Timothy. He calls them all his spiritual sons in the scripture. I'm talking about Kairos moments. So we need somebody to speak into our lives. I shared with Pastor. I've told him things. I've known him 11 years now. I didn't know it was that long. And I told him things Friday and yesterday that I'd never told him. I was blessed to have two mentors in my life. As a young man, an old preacher come alongside me and said, I'm gonna teach you some things. I'm gonna help you. I was 24 years old. 46 years ago. That old man was a prophet. Crude, rough. He called me boy. Boy, get over here. What are you doing, boy? Quit that. It was a Kairos moment when Bishop D.D. Creasy stepped in front of me one day and said to me and my wife, my, here's my wife, Molly. We're gonna help y'all. Her name wasn't even Molly. I didn't know that till 10 years later. <laughs> Lion prophet. And in the meantime, the Lord gave me another man who was the exact opposite he would look at me and he'd say, Walter, he's from the south. Walter, Jesus loves you, and I do too. Another prophet, but a prophet of love. Oh, God. He loved everybody. Another Kairos moment that God put those men in my life. I said that to say this. 
Besha partada para futura para caíla para o sombra de cantada bacota. Brodo coqueta da bacataya. Transition is coming in your life, and this is a Kairos moment. And you can reach, you can just reach up and get it, or you can miss the day of your visitation. It's up to you. We are on the verge of some incredible things fixing to happen in the body of Christ. Listen, I, I, I'm not blind. And this ain't my first rodeo. I, I told Pastor, I had preachers call me all the time, say, can you come and do this? And I'm like, nope, can't come. Why? Because I don't need to preach and I don't need an offering. This is not about making money. This is about going places where you can reveal your heart and your spirit and watch God do some incredible things in people's lives. I'm talking about the real church. See, there's a church within the church. There's a people within the people. There's a remnant. God has a remnant. And while it may look like that everything is going to hell in a handbasket. Let me tell you what he's really doing is the Holy Spirit right now is wooing and drawing some people out of all kinds of denominations. I look at our church sometimes and oh, I could tell you a lot of things, but I look at them people and I'm like, this one came from that denomination, this one came, and he's just kind of throwed us all in there together. And I've been there five and a half years and I've never seen a division in that body. Never seen a division in that body. Never seen a division in that body. I'm talking about a Kairos moment. Right now is a Kairos moment. It's a Kairos moment. I'm sorry, I prophesied 10 years ago using me in children's ministries. Well, I know I'm not. Take it back. Stand with me, will you? I'm just about done. We're, we're, we're fixing to have a Kairos moment right here. You can have one individually. Where's Sissy at? Huh? And she's in kids, kids sir? I'm in the prayer room this morning. <laughs> My Lord. 14-year-old Gigi. I heard this kid pray and I heard her sister pray. Let me just mess you up real bad, okay? Let me hear you pray and I can tell you the depth of your spirituality because if you don't have an intimate relationship with him, when you pray, you'll just stutter and stammer and try to find some words. <laughs> where, where Pastor Bradley go? I feel, I feel very confident, Pastor Bradley, that this church is in good hands and that you have a great future here. Helping, doing whatever this thing does. I have no clue what that looks like. Because you got some people like this right here. Look at these guys on the front seat. You're just like a hog. You thought somebody was going to get something you wasn't going to get. 
You thought, I'm going to go get me some of it. I tell you, I, I got one daughter and seven grandkids. And I was, in, I was in Fruitland Park, Florida, in the process of planning a church. Had a family in my church that were multimillionaires, and they told me, money is no object. Whatever we need, let's go get it. And my daughter called me in Fort Smith, Arkansas. She and her husband are pastoring a little old church there. And she said, Daddy, the kids need you and Mama. They need you. No grandparents. We were it. And I told my wife, I said, get on an airplane, go buy us a house. I flew her to Arkansas and her and my daughter and the real estate agent. I even gave him power of attorney to buy a house for me and I never even saw it. I look at my grandkids. The youngest one is 16 years old. And the other day we were riding to the farm and she said, Papa, I feel like God's calling me to fast. I don't know nothing about it. Can you teach me? Bring the car to a screeching halt, shut her off. And we have a Kairos moment sitting in the car while I teach Elise what the Word of God says. Isaiah chapter 58. Here's God's chosen fast. See, you can't impart what you don't have. You've got to have the Word in you before you can give the Word. You've got to have the Spirit in you before you can give the Spirit. You've got to have an anointing on your life before you can give it away. You want the anointing? How many of you want it? You're like, that man scares me to death. Huh? <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he scares me to death. talking about a Kairos moment. How many, how many, while, while I was preaching this morning, sharing the word, how many just the Lord spoke to you and said, here's what you need. Here's what you need. Raise your hand. Come on. Let me see it. Anybody? Anybody? Keep the hand up. Keep the hand up. Keep the hand up. Right now. Right now. Just declare that to the Lord. You got a revelation? Now make a declaration of it. Lord, here's what you said I need. I need that now. And this is my Kairos moment. And by faith, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Come on. Do it. Father, I speak a word over this church, this corporate body. I speak a word over this man in his life, his wife, his, his family, his children. Let this church become the lighthouse, not a lighthouse, the lighthouse of this entire region. And may the glory of the Lord shine forth from this house and literally bring a transformation in this county. In Levy County, let this church I speak that by faith and sow that is seed in the spirit realm and say in Jesus' name,
Produce that harvest. Produce that harvest. Father, let the anointing come, I pray. In Jesus' name. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord. Young lady, take it and run with it. Take it, Gigi. Take it, Gigi, and run with it. The anointing of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you. My God, my God. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid of it, honey. This is the greatest thing that's about to ever happen in your life. Because you know what God's just told me to tell you? He's fixing to bring some people in your life that's literally going to change your life, transform it. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you got any parents where they are. I don't know nothing about it. It don't make any difference. Here's what the Lord said to tell you. He's fixing to put some people up around you that's going to push you up and elevate you to your rightful place in Him because He's your Lord and Savior. He loves you. Say this with me, church. Say, push. Because the Holy Spirit's pushing her up right now. Mm -mm. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Who's here and you're sick in your body? You want prayer? Come here, come here. Don't stand there and think about it. Come on, come on. You want, you want, you want healing today? You want healing today? You want he Anybody? Anybody? Let's just do it. Come here, hon. I went to a church to try out as a preacher, as the pastor. Only time I ever did one in performance sermons. I don't. I couldn't probably pass most of them tests. It was an Assembly of God church, Springfield, Missouri, the headquarters of the Assembly of God. And I'm preaching on Sunday morning, and I just do what I do. And there was a young lady there that morning. I didn't know she had a brain tumor, but the Lord knew she had one. And so after I ministered, the Lord spoke to me and said, she has a brain tumor. I'm going to heal that right now. I laid hands on her. She went to the doctor the next week just to find out. didn't have a thing to do with me. See, I'm just a mouthpiece of God. I'm just a messenger. That's all. I'm a messenger. That's I just come brought a word. Kairos moment. This is your Kairos moment. Everything you have need of from God can happen right now. Right now. Is healing it or need something else? Whole life. He knows that. So you just declare that to him. This is my Kairos moment. Lord, you said that You said that through that man, that old white-haired man. You said this is my Kairos moment. So I'm, going to, I'm just going to take all that stuff that's, that I need right now. You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this young lady, Lord, I pray. Devil, you're a stinking liar. And I tell you to take your hands off her because you... You're a violator. You have, you're a trespasser. You have no rightful authority to even touch her. Get away. Devil, if you don't leave right now, I'm fixing to kick you in the butt. In Jesus' name, heal my friend. I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Believe it, receive it, claim it. Don't let the devil lie to you. 
John 8, 44 says he's the father of all lies. He'll tell you you didn't get nothing. That old man don't know what he's talking about. I don't, but he does. Raise your hands. Say, I give up. I've tried. I've tried everything, Lord. Uh, yeah, you said that with em- emphasis. I get that. I'm going to do it your way, Lord. He told me to tell you to quit trying, for you to quit striving. Because when you work, He rests. But when you rest, He works. Let Him work in Jesus' name. Father, heal her, Lord, I pray right now. In the name of Jesus, I speak it by faith. Decree it, declare it, call it done. In the name of Jesus. Don't walk in your healing, hon. Come here, Gina. Lord, God, we've been praying for this a long time. Hmm? Come on, church, let me tell you something this morning. An angel visited Sarah. And Abraham said, you're going to have a baby. He's 75. No, you ain't going to have a baby. I'm not fixing to prophesy that. If I did, Paul's fixing to hit me right in the snoot. Hmm. I know how to make women nervous, believe me. I've had a lot of practice. Angel says, you're going to have a baby. He's 75. He's, he's 100 when the baby's born. But he helped God. He helped God. He and Sarah both helped God. And they, listen, when you birth an Ishmael, you will raise an Ishmael. Whatever you birth in the flesh, you will raise it in the flesh. And when you do that, you sustain it. But what God births, he sustains it. What he raises up, he he sustains it. You don't have to. You just sit and watch it grow. Joseph had a dream. He's 17 years old. His brothers are bowing down. Listen. Didn't happen for 27 years. He's 44 when that dream comes to pass. You've got to make a declaration of your revelation. You said, God, Isaiah 43 said, put me in remembrance of my words. You've got to tell God you said this. So it's been a while. Kairos moment. Let's don't miss the day of your visitation. Come here, Robin. Where did Robin go? That's okay. Come, come, come here. Come here, Sabrina. Father, in the name of Jesus. David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Bones and sinews and nerves and tissues. That's not my category, but it's yours. You specialize in that stuff. So Lord, today, right now, 
Kairos moment. We're not going to miss the day of this visitation. We're going to take it now in Jesus' name. I speak healing, health, and wholeness over you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let it happen. Father, bring honor and glory to your name. while ago, don't look at me, Walter. <laughs> we go back to the very, I don't know, we go back a long way, don't we? I was living in Leesburg and I knew Tom Hammonds. I had met him and he said, let's go, go with me and visit a church this morning. I'm like, whatever. So I get in the car with him and he brought me to that little church. And I'm sitting there, and Tom said to me, Walter, if you get a word, just prophesy. And I'm like, dude, I'm a man under authority, so I understand authority. You don't walk in another man's house and without, without permission prophesy. That ain't happening. It, it, did you ever know Tom Hammonds? I'm sitting there. We're just doing our things. And Pop was preaching, and Tom elbows me and said, you got a word. I don't know it. Shut up, Tom. We went up front, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Pray for Dennis and Robin. The rest is history. Here we are. A lot of things we don't understand, babe. But I know one thing there's grace for the journey. Grace for the journey. He never makes a mistake. He knows what he's doing. He saw something that we didn't see. I have no clue. You are one blessed. Because the word says, He's your husband. Get out of here. That's what the word says. So, there you go. Betty said she loves you. So you need, you need healing. Are you the lady we? I remember right, your name is Sandy. I might be old, but I can remember a few things. You ready? Open your spirit right now. Open your spirit. You know how to do that. You're a woman. You know how to do that. Men don't know how to do that. You ladies know how to do that. Open your spirit right now and see what God's about to do. If you can do that, you'll connect your faith with my faith he's fixing to do a miracle in your life you ready tag your it.
you're one blessed man. You married way over your head. And God's been a whole lot better to you than what you deserve. But let me tell you something. There's something in there that most people don't ever see. Because all they're looking at is the surface. And they miss it. What you have done and what you have done to them. You see, people have been after me for a long time because there's this teaching that I've been doing now for a long time about the order of father-son relationship and spiritual fathers and spiritual sons. I've been teaching that stuff for a long time. Back when it wasn't popular. People say, Pastor, you need to read a, write a book. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you probably would. You'd have to get in line because there's a whole bunch in front of you. I was, in a, I was in a revival that lasted for two and a half years in Little Rock, Arkansas. And while I was there, the Lord spoke to me. The news media came one night to interview me. And the Lord said, you don't have anything to say. Keep your mouth shut. There was a lady there from the newspaper that night, and the Lord said, keep your mouth shut because you'll never write a book. You could but you'll never write a book and you'll never write any articles. See, there's some of us that don't need to. We just go on living it every day. And that's what you've done, my friend, is lived it. And as you've lived it, what you're doing is it's going to be lived out. Your teachings through them guys. So guess what I did? I sat down one day and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to write this down. And so I began writing. And I wrote, I wrote over 230 pages of stuff having no clue what I was doing. And then the, when I finished it, it took me two years to do that, handwritten. And the Lord said, I want you to put on the title of this thing, leaving an inheritance to my daughter, not a legacy. Because a legacy is when they stand at your casket and say, he was a great man, he did this and did that. But an inheritance is when they stand at your casket and say, he made a deposit in my life and this is what he taught me. That resonated with you, my friend. You got that. So it's not about legacy, it's about inheritance. You've had an inheritance deposited in your life. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> I guess I know what that means. Let me tell you, sir, I honor you and I admire you because there's not a lot of men like you. Father, bless my friend. You said give honor to whom honor is due. I honor him, Lord, as your servant for the things he has sown in the spirit. Sir, the word says that if you sow to the spirit, you shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. That's deep. 
yours. Everlasting life. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Watch the harvest and enjoy it. are bad. I don't see much in the natural anymore. I really have a hard time reading anymore. I have an eye disease. I'm actually going blind. But what I don't see in the natural, I see in the spiritual. You're a God chaser. And let me tell you what the Lord's fixing to do. He's fixing to stop and let you bump right into him. And when you do, he's going to put his arms around you. I, I saw you, friend. But when he puts his arms around you and loves you, you're fixing to be loved like you had never been loved. You hear me? In the name of Jesus, love this young lady. Teach her what love is really about. The love of the Father. Honey, the Lord told me if you'll just climb up in his laps and you'll say, Daddy God, that's all you need to say. He'll take care of everything else. And everything that's missing in your life that's been absent, he's going to fulfill it. He's going to take the place of a lot of people. Psalms 91 over you. The Lord's going to hide you in the secret of his pavilion. That tomorrow when the devil goes looking for you, he can't even find you. And he's going to say, where'd that girl go? And the Lord said, she's hid in me.
love is only a grain of sand, just a drop in the bucket for his love for you. There's a call. God's fixing to beckon on your life. You have any idea what that might be? He's fixing to deal with you in your spirit, your heart, your inner man. And when he does, say yes. Because it'll be the Kairos moment that you've been waiting for. You think about a lot of things. You have a lot of questions. You ponder a lot of things up here. and answer them for you with that call that assignment that he's fixing to give you sometimes he tells me what those things are I don't know what that is but I do know I do know that you're fixing to receive a call I was driving down the road one day young man years ago it's just a young man I was a health and beauty aid salesman. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared on the hood of the vehicle I was driving and peered at me through the windshield just like this, put his hand over his eyes as if to block maybe the sunlight. And the Lord said, I want you. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Because my daddy's been a preacher. Been there, done that. saying you're called to preach. I'm just saying that assignment the Lord's fixing to give you. When he does that, all these things that keep swirling in your head up here are fixing to be answered. Say yes. Just like the prophet Isaiah said, here am I, send me. That's what you say. And then the rest of these guys, these guys will help all that make sense for you. This man probably would text me and say, you know that young man that you spoke that over? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Because I don't forget things. And he'll say, here's what it was. Father, I seal this with the blood of Jesus. The enemy cannot steal this. In the name of Jesus. You know where he's got you? 
David said that he called the stars by name. Hello. When he hung them. So guess what he knows about you? Matthew chapter 10 verse 30 says he knows how many of them things is up there. Here's what Paul said. I'm going to quote just a part of that verse. He said, he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I want you to look that scripture up. That's your verse. Memorize that. He's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. He's going to keep your commitment. And he's going to give you the grace to keep it as well. for this my brother Lord in Jesus name strength for the journey in fact I pray that you give him enough strength Lord that he's got enough to give other people to encourage them Lord let him become a cheerleader and as he's running this journey let him shout to his friends and his family and his neighbors come on get on the journey with me thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.